Blog Talk Radio. Versus if you have a paid account, all right? So we decided 
Skype would be the best way to do this because, you know, Skype, you get four hours free, and you can have, I think it's like up to like 100 people on Skype for free, all right? So they did this virtual prom. I'm going to fast forward just a little bit, okay? I'm saying all of this to say, you know, with all of us being locked down and practicing social distancing, you know, with proms coming up and, and kids, you know, just like, hey, what am I supposed to do? This is a way for us to be able to, you know, honor these these seniors and, and juniors, you know, and say to them, you know, you've worked so hard for this. Parents may have already purchased, you know, prom dresses, um, tuxedos for the young men. You know what I'm saying? Don't let this go to waste. These young ladies actually dress up. They had on their dresses. They faces were beat. You know what I'm saying? The young men put their, their suits on, and it was very, very nice. My daughter found um, uh, a disco ball, and it played, like, on our huge, you know, I don't even know how big our television is, but it played in the background on the television. All the lights were out, you know, in our living room. So all you saw was the huge disco ball, and, you know, the children, this day of the young adults, I'm sorry, they had an amazing time. She was the DJ, and it was just, it was great. And and so what I say to the parents is, you know, find your child's favorite snack and, and set aside, you know, like a little area in your house where, you know, like they do at the prom, you know, like you have a little, um, little, what do you call it, little, little setup where they have like the food or whatever. Set that aside so that, you know, during the midst of your child dancing or whatever, they can call it in, you know, get a little refreshment, you know, get a little drink or whatever. But just make it like they were really at the prom, you know. Um, you got to go grocery shopping this week. Buy buy your daughter's cassage, you know what I'm saying, dads or moms. Go ahead and pin it on her. You know, just do it up. If you – my daughter's a, a, a past um, high school queen for the school, and so we even did, like, um, uh, we had one of the young ladies, she was the prom king, prom queen, I'm sorry, and then one of the guys, you know, he was the prom king, you know what I'm saying? So it just, you know, however you decide to do it, just just do it so that these young men and young women can have something, you know, memorable at this point, you know, in their lives right now, because right now it's just, there's so many uncertainties, and, and don't let missing out on prom be, you know, one of those things. So um, that's my tip for you this Tuesday, all right? And let me know. I want to see pictures. I am going to post my daughter's pictures, but I want to see pictures and, and videos of, of, of what you came up with, because I told you, let this time be a time where you, you know, a lot of us have gifts that are inside of us that during this quote-unquote downtime, we need to bring those gifts to fruition. We have so much creativity inside of us um, that it's just bursting at the seams to jump out of us. You know what I'm saying? So allow this time to be a time of growth for you in so many different ways. Some of y'all got gifts that you ain't even tapped in on yet, all right? So let this be the time that, you know, you, you just you find some of those, you know? See how crafty you can be when it comes to creating ideas for this virtual prom, all right? Let me know how that goes. I want to know. Pictures, you need ideas? I got you. You need help with graphics? I got you. Let me know, all right? We can do this, okay? But I am so glad that you're joining me this evening. Look, I am, you know how I feel about first, right? I love to debut music first. I love to be your first interview. I love first, you know, because to me, 
that's like winning an award for me. You know how our artists, they get excited. You know, they like to win awards here on the show. When I can debut in music for the first time, that's huge for me. When I can have a guest, you know, be their first interview, um, that's huge for me. Tonight, I have an a urban Christian fiction author on the show. You know, we've had several of those, so that, that's nothing huge. But not only is she an urban Christian fiction author, she's a blogger. We've had those on the show as well, but she's also a pastor. And, guys, y'all know, you know, my regulars, y'all know I'm, I'm a PK, right? So you know I'm going to be on my best behavior tonight because i got a pastor in the house, right? But I've never had a pastor on the show. So you already know it's really going to get lit up in here tonight, right? Right? What I hope this show does this evening is I hope that it blesses my listening audience in so many ways, you know, I prayed before the show and I said, if it doesn't bless anybody, <clears throat> I hope it blesses me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, yeah, let me just hush. I'm talking about my guest this evening. Her name is uh, Lakeisha Johnson. I, she is a urban Christian fiction author. She's a girl after God's own heart, boldly hanging one part of her purpose and that is writing. She started writing in 2012 and has penned more than 17 novels, devotionals, and journals. You can find topics of faith, abuse, marriage, love, loss, grief, losing hope, etc., on the pages of her many, many books. Her latest series, When the Bowels Break and Shattered, have ranked among Amazon's top 100 best-selling of the African-American Christian fiction genre on Amazon. In addition to being a self-published author, she's also a wife of 21 years, a mother of two, co-pastor of Macedonia Missionary Baptist Church in Hollywood, Mississippi, senior business analyst with FedEx, a devotional blogger, the product of a large family from Memphis, Tennessee, and more. She's a college graduate with two associate degrees in IT and a Bachelor of Science in Bible. Lakeisha writes from her heart, as she hopes the messages on the pages will relate to every reader. This is why she doesn't take the credit for what God does, because if you were to strip away everything, you'd see that Lakeisha is simply a woman who boldly, unapologetically, and gladly loves and works for God. Ask her, and she'll tell you, it's not just writing, it's ministry. Any fire listening audience, I present to you this evening my very, very special guest, Christian fiction author, blogger, and preacher, Lakeisha Johnson. Hey, I need to hire you to introduce me. (laughs) Girl, I got you. Say less. I got you. I got you. I got you. But hold up, hold up, hold up. Because, see, we have something that we do around here that, you know, once I introduce my guest, we're going to try this again. Because my people over there, they have a sleep. Here we go. All right. Okay, here we go. Angie Fire listening audience, I present to you this evening my very, very special guest, Christian fiction author, blogger, and preacher. Lakeisha Johnson. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all better wake up over there. 
Come on, wake up now. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being able to join me here this evening. Um, as I mentioned, you know, with so many things going on in my life, we had to push back um, the time of the show for the month of April, May, and possibly June. And so you could have been anywhere this evening at this late hour, but you're here giving so freely of your time um, to not only myself but to my listening audience um, to share, you know, what it is that you're so passionate about. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. You are so, so, so very welcome. You wear so, so many hats. I don't even know where I want to start because um, I have so many questions. Um, when it comes to um, being an author, um, when did you first realize that, you know, you had the gift to write? Um, I actually started writing back in 2012, and it wasn't something that I set out to do as far as full-term or even make a career out of it. It was just something that I did. I wrote a book, and I wrote, I think I wrote that first book within like a month. I had written that book and then a second part to it. Um, but it, I did actually know that this was something that I wanted to do until um, I think it was 2017 when God would shift me uh, to writing uh, Christian fiction uh, because I realized then that he had something greater for my life when it came to writing. And it wasn't just supposed to be uh, a hobby or something that I, that I just did for fun, that he was going to have me use it as part of my ministry. And I didn't realize that until 2017 when um, he shut me down from writing uh, altogether. I had written um, two, I had written two series um, that were not Christian fiction at all. Uh, they had the cursing and the sex and all of that in it. And then I wrote a book with my sister called The Family That Lies um, that wasn't as raunchy as the first book, and it was leaning towards Christian fiction, but not fully. And in 2017, he shut me down to where I couldn't write anything. I couldn't release a book. I couldn't, um, I mean, even if I wanted to write something, he, would, he wouldn't allow me to do it. And I didn't realize it, but he was shutting me down to restart me into Christian fiction. And, and, I, and that was the best thing that, um, that ever happened. Because uh, 2018, I began to release all Christian fiction, and it was like he, the floodgates had opened. And I realized then that, that was what he had for my life. Wow. So, hmm. so prior to you writing Christian fiction, um, and and I, you said 2017, 2018, um, when you were writing um, those books that weren't Christian fiction that had the cursing that were had the sex scenes. Were you a pastor at that time? No. Um, I, I actually, I didn't accept my calling into ministry until 2014, um, but I had written those books in 2012, 2013. Um, and at that point in my life, I was, um, I was running from the call God had on my life. I didn't realize it then, <laughs> but I was going through so much and uh, people always tell me, you know, you, you have a calling in your life. And I was at a point, I didn't want to hear that. 
because that meant that, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> so I didn't realize it then. And writing those books, they, were, they weren't just all the way out there, but um, I didn't realize then that he had a call in my life. I was just doing something for fun that um, we had, had had a girls weekend where I was with my sisters and my aunt and some of my best friends. We had had a girls weekend and I came home and I was, uh, you know, still laughing and stuff about all of, you know, the fun that we had had. So I said, well, let me, let me write this book, taking some of their personalities. And I wrote um, a secret worth keeping about six friends who were doing any and everything they wanted to do. One nowhere near Christian. And, um, and that took, so I wrote that book series of that. And then I wrote another series off that book. And then I was like, okay. And folks are saying, that's, that's not what somebody, has, somebody said, that's not what God had for you. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> so I uh, didn't realize that I was actually running from uh, the call he had on my life. So I realized in 2014 that um, after I accepted my calling, it took almost um, the full year, 2014, uh, to accept the calling because I was like, okay, God, I'm, I write these books, they got, you know, sex and stuff in it. I don't look like the normal person, you know, that, that what you would call to preach because, I, you know, I got tattoos, I got, I wear these high heels and these fishnet stockings. You sure? You know, this, <laughs> you sure you calling me? <laughs> and um, and he, well, he did, and I didn't realize what he was doing in my life, but I'm glad that I eventually stopped running. So when you wrote those, I'm 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 going somewhere with this. I promise. When you wrote mm-hmm. those books, did you write under your name, or did you have, you know, a pen name that you wrote under? No, I wrote. I've always written under my name. Uh, and believe it or not, you uh, there's still some people who who has those old. I, I since then I've taken those books and uh, rewritten them. Uh, I took okay. them to okay. um, to Christian, but. At that particular time, I was under a publisher, and um, you had—I mean—you had people who loved those books, and um, because during that time, that type of thing was um, a, a big seller around, around that time. So those books fit that particular time, and they fit where I was in my life at that time. So I don't take anything from that, um, but I knew that once I started. <clears throat> Once everything changed for me and my writing changed, I knew I no longer wanted to write that because my whole life had changed and I wasn't, I wasn't there anymore. But those books were, were still with a publisher. So because they were still with a publisher, they were still out there. So I didn't get mm-hmm. the rights back to those until last year. Uh, so they had been out there the whole time, even with me, uh, you know, accepting my call for ministry and, um, you know, preaching and doing all those, those books were still out there. Um, and, and I don't think it took anything away from who I was um, because um, if you if you follow me on social media, then what I what you see on social media is who I am. So I don't portray mm-hmm. to be anybody other than who I am. Um, and I tell people all the time, either you're gonna accept me for who I am or you're not. So I, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. apologize mm-hmm. for who I am and the way I live. So those books were still out, uh, and people and you still have some people who still have old copies of it, even though I've taken them. Uh, even though when I got the rights back, I took them down and, you know, changed them all up. You still got people who are still reading those books. And I was like, oh, Lord, are you super serious? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's still some people who are still reading 
them. So I was like, okay, <laughs> that's not who I am anymore. But uh, um, but I do some of my books, even the Christian fiction books, still some of them still have some cursing. Um, I have a book that's called The Pastor's Admin, and it's kind of out there. But that's because the pastor was living a, a double life, doing any and everything he wanted to do. So I try to write oh, oh, uh, realistically, oh, um, and, and, okay, I, and I want right. people to, yeah. and I and I want people to 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 see even in the book that even though you know we say we Christian, we still doing unChristian like things. Uh, right, so right. I don't want I, I don't want to write a book that's so unrealistic to where you got somebody walking around, you know, always holy, all you know, blessed and highly favored when that's not reality. Right. So right. Um, there right. is some. So in my books, you do you will have some cursing and some because some, that's what some of us still do, uh, even though we are we are Christian. Some of us still have those tendencies because we live in flesh. Uh, so uh, when when I write, I write realistically. And you know, I was I was speaking with an artist last night, um, and and I think a lot of artists they go through the same thing when it comes to uh, writing the lyrics of their songs, and how um, uh, a lot of artists are now having to 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 be more transparent with their lyrics because people are so used to you know gold chains and and talking about you know the drugs and you know uh, shooting off nines and you know, people who have never shot a nine before and, you know what I'm saying? But it, it's a part of um, what people are used to. And so that's how mm-hmm. they write their lyrics. And so I understand what you say about um, us as as Christians and and, and living, you know, in, in the flesh. Um, it, it's hard. You know, somebody was joking with me this evening. They, they saw a post and they said, you're going to have a pastor on the show this evening? And I said, wait, whoa, whoa, why do you have to say it like that? Because they, they emphasize the word. I mean, they put so much emphasis on the word pastor. They drug that out. And I said, well, yeah. And they said, you? And I, <laughs> I said, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, I know how to behave. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not like that all the time. You know, so I, I can pull it back in, you know. I get ratchet when I need to, but, you know, I know how to pull it back in. So, I do believe that that is important, especially in in reading, um, you know, in, and I try to explain that to people. When it comes to the Bible, reading the Bible, and, and I hate to use this word, but they have um, dumbed it down uh, so that everyone can can relate to the Bible now. You know, mm-hmm. I like to stick with the King James Version because that's what I was brought up on. You know, but you can get the... Um, you know, the, the the version of the Bible that now reads just like we speak um, so that right. you're able to understand it on your level. And so when it comes to reading a book now, you know, um, even though you choose not to, um, you want to still read novels, you know, um, and you want to stick with the Christian uh, fiction genre, but you also know that, you know, this is life and this is reality and these things go on. And so it's good to have an author that is able to incorporate uh, real life scenarios um, into what they write about and not just, you know, strictly this is how we live in the church. Because as Christians, we know that um, things aren't always by the book. So it's good to have an author who can incorporate, you know, things, um, real life situations in their writing. What did you say the name of that book was? Because I might need to, The Passive Admin. Yes. 
Because, see, I believe that you have to reach people where there are. And not all there of you us go. are King James, are King James Version Christians. No matter how right. how much we want to you know we want to act like we are, no matter how much you know how good we dress on Sundays or how well we speak in tongues, all that type of thing. A lot of us are right. not those type. I'm not that that person. So we want to act like that. You know, once we once we get saved and sanctified and full of the Holy Spirit, that we never had a past. But we all yeah. have a past, regardless of what we've done. We we all have a past, and we still sometimes because guess what? In in with some of my books, you may see a husband and wife arguing over something, and and one of them get mad enough to you know to curse, or they felt like you know they've been wrong. So something may happen there because you're still dealing with you know the part of life right. and reality, and things happen. So. Um, to sit and say, so and a lot of people always say in my books that, you know, I have to get a pen and paper because you got these scriptures and you breaking them down. And, and it's not because I know everything. It's because I'm learning. as I'm learning. Uh, and I tell anybody that uh, I don't know everything, but I study. So and when I when, yeah. and when I understand something, I want people to understand it, too. So in, in my books, you will see a lot of scripture, but you'll also see those broken down. So I don't just plug the scripture in and just put it in just to be using it. I put it in to make it make sense um, so that when the person reading it, they can know too. So like in, in one of the books that I have is 2.32 uh, a.m. dealing with a, a mother who lost her baby. And the same day, she, same night she lost her baby, she lost her faith. So you have to be able to get back to finding your faith again, going through this grieving process. Um, and though, you know, in, in, in that book, there's plenty of times where she didn't want to pray because she felt she was mad at God so because she, she had lost her faith. So we have to deal with all those things. And I can't just write a book and say, you know, uh, it, it'll be good, you know, you'll you know, go a couple of months, your baby die, you go a couple of months, go through your grief, and then you, you get on with it. No, you have to go through right, the right, process right. because the grief of death is also the same as grieving a relationship that you lost. That's the same thing, too, because you still have to go through that grief of because you've lost something. So I have to. So that's the way I when I when I come to start writing a book, I write it because I want every book to have a message that somebody can get something out of, not just to say I'm writing. So I don't write for profit. I write because it's part of my it's, it's part of my purpose. Um, and so and, and you will see it on the pages of, of the book. Uh, you know, not not it's not for everybody, but it's for those that it need to reach. And I rewrote those books that I that I wrote prior to me accepting my calling into ministry. When I got them back at the beginning of, I want to say 2019 or 18, when I got the rights back, I knew I couldn't just republish re, re, uh, those books because I wasn't writing in that style anymore. So I took those books and I rewrote them, and I changed them to When the Vows Break. And if you check Amazon, those books have been in the top. Um, when the Vows Break Part 1 is still number one, and I had no idea that it would, it would, it would do that. Only thing I was doing was being obedient to God. He gave me, I got those rights back. I had been fighting, I had been wanting those rights back and couldn't get them. And then something happened to where she had to give them back to me. And when I got them mm. back, mm. I changed, I t- kept the same characters and almost the same storyline. But I, I prayed and asked God, okay, God, what would you have me to call this? And he gave me when the vows break and um, turned into a three part series dealing with. Um, 
six friends who are all dealing with stuff. One of them thought it was, it was only them going through hell, but realized all of them were going through hell at the same time. And every person has a different, different personality, a different issue. But somewhere along the line, when somebody reads it, they're going relate, to relate to either one person or two or three of them. Um, but not all of them have, have happy endings. Some of them got divorced. You know, there was death involved. But um, they all came to a point of knowing that they had to get back to God because somewhere along the way they had left him somewhere. And they knew that in order to get back to him, they had to go back to where they left him. Mm. So that's that's and that's how I write. That's, that's but it's just me. That's because writing for me is ministry. Wow, that 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 that's interesting that you um, were speaking about faith because that's in the direction that I was just about to go to when you started talking about faith. I saw on your page, your Facebook page earlier, that you were. Um, gonna go live uh, tonight and talk about the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you if you did it or not, but um, I see so many posts on on social media daily from from different people who still, you know, they're still questioning um, if this virus is real. <laughs> um, and I don't know how, with the numbers, the way that they are, you know, yeah. with the confirmed cases, with the numbers of deaths, you know, with the numbers of recovery, um, how important is it for an individual um, to not stay so centered around um, looking at what they see on social media, but stay grounded in their faith in a time like this right here. I, I, I actually spoke um I actually did a live on last week. Somebody had asked me to do a live on fear and anxiety in the midst of chaos. Um, and we spoke about that because you have a lot of people who um, you have those who ain't taking it serious and then you have those who are so fearful of this virus that they won't leave the house, their anxiety at an all-time high um, because they don't know what to do or don't understand. And so when I did that particular live, I talked about spiritual toolkits. Um, I explained that we have, we, have a, we have a kit for everything else. We have a first aid kit. We have a sewing kit. We have a, um, a toolkit in, in, at the house. We got hammers and nails. We got uh, something in, in the car that may be able to fix a flat tire, but where do we go when we need help spiritually? Um, and so a lot of times we don't know, we, we get so caught up in what's happening that we don't know where to go spiritually. So I talked about creating a spiritual toolkit. And in the spiritual toolkit, um, it was actually something that I was going to, I'm going to teach at our church um, where each household creates this spiritual toolkit. And I got a toolbox. And in that toolkit, we got a Bible, a journal, um, anointing oil, a mustard seed, uh, a rock that signifies God as the rock of our salvation, um, the, some charms that show the different, um, the spiritual armor that we have to put on, like shoes of, like, uh, uh, shoes of peace and uh, all that, um, so that you'll be able to go into this box and see and find what you need, whether it's the word of God, 
whether it's some oil to anoint your house or your body, whether it's this mustard seed where you feel like your faith is failing when God says all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed, whether it's a rock to let you know that God is still the rock of our salvation, that if we trust in him, he'll do whatever it is we need to do. So those type of things is what we have to depend on even when we're living in uncertain times because we're living in a world now where this virus comes and it's killing thousands of people. And um, I mean, daily, you got so many people dying and you don't know. You got essential workers who are still leaving, going to work, don't know if they're going to bring it back home to their family. So they're worried. You got people who are worried about their essential workers who have to leave. Then you're worried about those who uh, already have a condition and may contract this and may not live. Or So you're dealing with all those things. And in order to keep your mind, you have to keep your mind stayed on God to say that if God brought me to this, I know that he's going to bring me through it. Because the Bible tells me that if I stay in the shelter of the Most High, that he'll deliver me from everything that comes against me. That even though this, there's a deadly disease outside, it won't affect me or my house. That it'll pass me over, just like the death angel did in, in Israel when they was trying to kill the firstborn. That I got to trust and believe that God will do all he said he'll do. And that's what we have to do. We have to believe that God is going to keep us safe, that he's going to keep our mind, he's going to keep us whole, and that he won't allow anything to hurt us, that even if we do get sick, that he still got the power to heal. Right. Mm. Mm. Y'all got that? Did you get it? The spiritual toolkit. All right. She said the Bible, the journal, the anointing oil, Mustard seed, a rock, and did you say charm? Mm-hmm. The, the, the charm for the so the full armor of God. I ordered them yes. from uh, uh from Etsy. Mm-hmm. And they got where well, you can buy the the all the charms. The, the, it has one for the sword, the helmet of salvation, the breast, breastplate of righteousness. It has all of those. It has a charm for all of them, just so that you'll know that if I get up in the morning and put this on that I'll be able to withstand, to withstand everything that happens to me. And you can put anything else in, in, your, in your toolkit that you think you may need. Those are some of Oh, and I also have a grace card. Um, and the grace card is where um, you extend grace to somebody the same way God extends grace to us. Um, so, but you can put whatever else in there that you think you may need. Just something that whenever you open this box that you will be able to get what you need from God. Um, and I tell people always to keep a journal because when you ask God, when you ask of God, God speaks. And something so you can have something to write on because God will speak. If you ask God to answer a question or you ask God to give you direction for your life, he'll give it. But you have to be in tune enough to hear it. So that's why I say a journal. But you can put whatever else, and it doesn't have to be a necessary or toolbox. It can be whatever you want to put it in. But put in what you know that you need so that when you're finding yourself faced with uh, uncertainty or, or chaos or confusion, that you go to this toolkit and get what you need. Mm. All right, crafty people. I need y'all to get to working. <laughs> On these tools. Never mind. Never mind. Because some of y'all, never mind. I, I never mind. I know some of the people I deal with. Never mind. All right, all right. So, never mind. I'm going to turn this over to the praying part of the church, and we, those are the ones that's going to work on the toolkits. All right, let's y'all. We, we'll pass them out to you guys, okay? Crafty people. All right, all right. So, uh, Lakeisha, I want to ask you, what, what was an early experience where 
you learn that language and your words have power. Oh. Um. Hmm. Believe it or not, um, in one in one of the books, uh, I think it was, I think it was broken. I wrote a church thing where I had this this service called Surviving Me. Um, and in right and most times when I write things in the book, people say, "Oh, you help me." They realize I'm helping myself because I'm God is speaking through me, dealing with me even when I'm writing, but I wrote this thing, wrote a thing called Surviving Me, never realized that um, it would take on a thing to where it would actually mean that I needed to change the language of, of some things that I had spoken. And Surviving Me ended up turning into where I had an actual um, worship service in February called Surviving Me. And I call it a divorce edition because I realize that most times we're our own worst enemy because we're speaking things that we don't realize have power. I can't stand for my daughter mm. to say, mm. I, hate, I hate it here. Because I tell her all the time, your words have power. You keep poking right. on my nerves. And I can't stand, you know, but we have to learn that because we don't realize that when we say those folks make me sick, that we're actually speaking those type of things. But it's what we've right, been right. accustomed to saying, you know, all these years. And I realized that the language, our language had to change um, in, order to, in order to survive who we are, the flesh part of us, our language had to change. And my language had to change. And it's the same thing when it came to me writing books. I realized that the earlier books I wrote in 2012 and 13, that, the, that my language had to change from those because I have people reading those books. And I tell God, if I can get people to you by any means necessary, even if it happens to be on the pages of a fiction book, then I do it. But my language had to change. I, I couldn't say my language couldn't say the same as I was doing when I was writing in 2012 and 13. My language couldn't say the same because I don't think people are going to read from that. It takes, you know, just the, you know, that's just the flesh. It's going to reach their flesh and nothing more. I need to pierce more past the flesh. And in order for me to do that, my language had to change. So I'm learning that actually every day. Um, uh, every day I'm learning that um, my language has to change. And it took me um, going through the shutdown in 2017 and not being able to write and being God shifting. Because when I got ready to release a book February 2018, I released uh, Dear God, Hear My Prayer, and it was the first full Christian book that didn't have sex and all of that, and I was worried, saying, okay, God, this ain't what I normally write. You know, I don't know how people <laughs> going to feel, you know, knowing that, you know, this is a book that ain't got no, no, no sex and no vulgar language and all this. Okay, God, right. I don't know if they're going to be ready for this <laughs> for me because I'm the same person that just released these, you know, a few years ago. Right. But, dear God, and I'm nervous because I was like, okay, God, I'm going to release this book because you told me to release it. And and it was one of the best sellers because, and I'm here I am thinking, I'm worried. And God said, all you got to do is trust me. Yeah, I'm changing your language. Yeah, I'm changing, you know, what you are comfortable with. But if you just trust me. 
And because I trusted him, it took on a whole other dynamic. And here I am worried, God, these folks ain't going to read this. They used to me with all this rushy <laughs> stuff and these women bed hopping and all this. And now you want me to do Christian books? Okay. Okay. If you say so. And, um, and it turned out to be the best thing. All I had to do was be obedient. That that's hard, you know. Um, I know all mm-hmm. about the running, um, the the running, uh, the running, the running. You know, I I, I mentioned before, you know, the the I would say ninety percent of the individuals in my family, you know, they're um, apostles, evangelists, you know, bishops, uh, ministers, um, you know. And and I like to tell people, I don't know if I say this because it makes me feel good or if it's, if it's actually true, uh, but I always tell people that we are all gifted with a ministry. I never said that mm-hmm. we're all gifted to be ministers, but I always believe that we're all, you know, we're all gifted with a ministry. And it is for each one of us to tap into what our God-given ministry is. I found mine a long time ago, and I feel like mine is to serve individuals, and I do so in many, many, many capacities. Um, I don't believe mine is to be in the church, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know, I, I still do what I'm, my, my obligations in the church, you know. I still do those, but I'm not like the rest of my family, you know what I'm saying. I'm black sheep, so I'm, I'm not like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know all about the running. Um, but I want to talk about losing hope. Somebody just sent me a, a question. Um, how and and it, and it applies to me too. Not not now, not in this phase of my life, but it has applied um, in my life. And so, but the question that they just sent, you know, you know, they were in the church for some time. I'm going to paraphrase. They were in the church for some time and, and they've gone through a lot of things in their lives. And so they're, they're at a point right now where they have just lost hope. What can they do to bring them back to um, where they know they need to be with God? I, I actually believe in I just did before your show, I did a live of my a biblical study on on surviving me, and when when we're in mm. a place of losing hope, mm. um, because Ooh. of you know wh- whatever it is, uh, lo- when we lose hope based because of things that you know have happened to us, or but sometimes we lose hope because we're mad at God for allowing things to happen. Uh, sometimes you know we lose hope because we see things and we don't understand why things have to be the way they are. And the only way that you can get back to God after losing hope, you have to try to try him again. And, um, and I know some, I know it, it, it may seem, it may seem like it don't make sense, but in order for me to know if my car stops and, um, and I'm sitting on the side of the road, the only way I know if my car still won't start, I have to try it again. And the only way that we know that God will do what he said he does, even though we've left him, even though we've lost faith and lost hope, and even though we probably haven't prayed to him like we should have, even though, you know, we haven't gone to church or paid tithes, and, or even though we haven't been devoted 
and we've lost all this hope, and so we're feeling at a place where God probably ain't going to listen to me. The only way we'll know for sure, we have to try them again. And no matter what, what it is that has happened that has caused you to lose hope, God is still there. God is still willing to forgive. God is still willing to accept us back in, and God is a restorer of hope. But the only way we can get to get our hope restored, we have to try him again. And he ain't going to leave us, even though we turn our back on him, even though we run, even though we are disobedient, even though, you know, we're set in our ways. <laughs> God will still say, if you, if you come back to me and you repent and you tell me that, that you want me, I'm going to show up for you. So if you, if you feel like you don't have hope and you're trying to get back to God, try him again. And that may start with God, forgive me. Forgive me for thinking that I can do this on my own. Forgive me for thinking that, um, forgive me for trying to be something that I know I wasn't. Forgive me, God, for being stagnant in my ways or forgive me for turning my back on you. And then say, God, now I'm ready. I want to try you again. It may, that may hurt somebody's feelings when you go to a person to say, I know I walked away from you, but give me another chance. And they say, right, mm-hmm. right. you don't try everything else. Now you won't come back to me as the last option. Man may tell you no, but God will say, I'm right here. But away. God won't. God won't. So if you need, if you if you know if you've lost hope or you're trying to get back to God, all you gotta do is try him again. If you call him, he'll answer. No matter how many times that you that you walked away from him and or ignored him. If you call him, he'll still answer because he has a responsibility to answer because he created us. And a lot of people think that, you know, you ain't supposed to question God. We can question God because God is our manufacturer. And if God created us and we got questions about something that he created, we can question God. And a lot of people get that wrong to say we can't question God, but we can. And if there's something that you're toiling with that you don't understand, talk to God about it. Question him about it. God, why did you let this happen? But be ready for his answer. Because sometimes God will say, I allow it to happen because you wouldn't move. Or I allow this to happen because I told you to sever that relationship, but you weren't strong enough, so I had to sever it for you. So be ready Uh-oh. to get the answer. So if you question him, be ready to get the answer because he's going to answer. But if you if you found yourself losing hope, talk to go, go back to God. Talk to God. Give him all of this and then allow him to restore you, and he will. Sweetheart, I hope I, I paraphrase the question on um, the way that you asked the question, and I know that she answered it um, the way that you were trying to ask the question. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're live right here on Two It Tuesdays on NG Fire with your girl, Nakia. And my very, very special guest, uh, Christian fiction author, pastor, blogger, uh, Lakeisha Johnson. Guys, if you want to call in, you got questions uh, this evening. The number is 929-477-1320. Or you can shoot me a message uh, like the last uh, young lady did if you have questions for Miss um, Lakeisha Johnson. All right? Um, in Christian fiction, how do you balance keeping the message strong while still writing to reach your readers um, beyond the Christian bookstore and beyond the church? Um, believe it or not, just by keeping it real, I, I realize that if I don't if I don't try to make it something that is not, 
then it'll reach the heart of those it needs to reach. So I don't try to make a um I don't try to make an unrealistic story. I don't try to make um you know feel it with all this fluff and 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 all of that. So a lot of people always ask some in some books why why did um why did they have to get divorced? Because reality is some people get divorced. Um, so not every book is a happy ending. Not every story is a happy ending because right. realistically stuff happens. Sometimes folks get canceled. Sometimes folks die. Sometimes folks get, right. you know, they go through, you know, so um, I, just, I keep it real. I, and, and anybody will tell you that if you read uh, one of my books, then, then you will see it. You know, I deal with uh, I'll, I deal with a lot of things. A lot of things I haven't gone through, um, but, you know, I write what God gives me to write. Um, like with dear God, Jamie was dealing with being abused by um, her father, who was, who was a, her stepfather, who was a pastor. Um, so she found herself being angry with God and all of this for years because she didn't understand why, you know, the same man that God called, he would allow him to hurt her. So, you know, but, I tell you, the only way that I can reach people is by keeping it real because that's who I am. Uh, I, I'm at a point to where even when people ask me questions, I keep it real. When I get emails from people saying, you know, will you pray for me uh, because I'm going through this, 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 I can't sugarcoat it to let you to make you think that you know, everything is going to be okay. I got to tell you the real and raw of it because I need you to understand that sometimes things happen. Sometimes it may not happen the way you want, but I don't want you to be, upset and mad at God because here you are, me telling you a lie, telling you that everything's going to be all right. Now, some things may not be all right. Some right. things you may have to go through. So I always, um, because I, I would want somebody to be honest with me. I don't want you to just tell me that, you know, God is good all the time and he going he gonna to come through to see about me. Yeah, he is, but I may have to stay in my custom for a little while longer. So I don't want yeah. you, I don't want to just say, you know, um, just tell somebody, oh, it'll be all right in the morning. Man, here you, morning comes and you don't see it now. You now you pissed off at the world. Same, you mad yeah, at yeah. God. <laughs> right, right. So and I say, yeah, God gonna show up, but He'll show up in due time. You just have to yeah. wait to see it. So the only way that I can, the only way I can reach them is keeping it real and unraw. And that's what I'm unapologetic about. I I don't try to write like anybody else. I don't try to be anybody else. I don't try to speak and preach like anybody else. I can only do what God has called me to do. Why do you feel that some readers um, shy away from reading Christian fiction? Um. Even with, you know, an author like you, even with an author like you who does keep it real, you know what I'm saying, and and in in your books you do incorporate, you know, real-life scenarios, you still have those who just say, no, 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 that's not for me. Why do you think that? That's because you, that's because you have some people who've been raised up to have a certain perception of church and, and, and preachers. So you have those who who think that you know preachers uh, um, they're hypocr- hypocrites. They live one way outside the church, then live one way on Sundays. Or the preacher taking all the tithes, so I ain't taking no tithe money. Or um, you can't tell me nothing about the Bible. You know, God allowed. So you have some people who uh, who perception of religion and who God is that they won't read a Christian fiction book because they don't want to hear nothing about God and all this because that's, that's, I don't want to hear none of that. And you have a, 
I respect people's opinion. I have some people who think that a Christian book shouldn't have cursing or shouldn't have a sex or even if it's between. I had one person say one of my books that was it was a relationship between a husband and a wife, and that she didn't understand why I had sex in the book. It was a husband and a wife. <laughs> And, you know, and I was like, and, and, and so my response okay. to people like that is, you know, how you think little Christians be here? If you ain't, if the big Christians right? ain't doing that. I mean, the smoke ain't <laughs> dropping them all, you know, but you got but you got some people who feel like, you know, a Christian book shouldn't have this and it shouldn't have this, but that's the way we live it. Even them. So, mm. you know, so I allow people to have their own opinion, you know, do you, boo, because I ain't going to be mad at you. You know, um, so I, I allow people to have their own opinion of Christian fiction, but you do have some people who are just who who are set in their perception and it's what they've been taught. Because I get I have so many people say they don't believe in women preachers, and I don't believe in half some Negroes either. So we we eat right right. <laughs> so we eat You don't believe in me. I don't believe in you either. I believe in God. So we eat right. So. <laughs> It's their it's their perception. It's, it's it's their perception. Now I know that you wear so many hats: a self-published author, a wife, a mother, a co-pastor. You know, um, a senior business analyst, a blogger. Um, how do you stay disciplined and not get distracted when it comes to your writing? Prayer. <laughs> I have to pray a lot, um, uh, and I don't get. Well, I can't because sometimes I don't. Want, I don't want to write. Sometimes I want to come home, get on the couch, and binge uh, watch TV. But I know that you know there's something that God has, so I have to be mindful of that. This is not just for me. Uh, so it, it, because if I if I be selfish, then I wouldn't put out another book because I'm too busy you know, being distracted by, you know, wanting to hang out. But that also changed when it came to ministry, too, because um, ministry also changed the dynamic of my life. So I I, I incorporate writing the same as ministry because um, I I tell people the same way a sermon is a release to a pastor, the same way a book is to me because it's part of my ministry. And I know that Mm -hmm. if God has given me something, then somebody needs it. Um, so and I could be selfish and say uh, I I write it when when you know whenever I feel like it, but uh, in the back of my mind I'm saying if God has given me this, then that means somebody needs it, and uh, who am I to sit on what He has given me? So I find so I make time uh, even when I don't feel like it. I, I spend at least an hour a day uh, trying to write something, and sometimes I shut up in my office for the whole Saturday and write. If I know, um, because I know that I could be selfish and say, I don't feel like I'm going to hang out with, you know, my sister and them and do whatever we're going to do, or I be obedient uh, to God and allow him to download this message and me that I can get out, and then I have time to spend with them. So um, I just balance it. I know because I know there has to be a reason God has given me what he's given me to write. So I just take the time and um, get rid of the distractions. Because if not, I'll be laying on the couch in the living room uh, watching Netflix. <laughs> now, do as as a 
as a writer, an author, does it spill over into um, your, you know, your your ministry as a pastor as well? Do you write your sermons is what I'm trying to ask. Now, I remember back in the day, and I don't knock it, but I do knock it. Because I remember back in the day when I, was, when I was small how, you know, my bishop used to get up and he would preach the house down. He would get up, he would give his text, you know, um, this is where I'm coming from. And he, he would read the scripture and he would just preach. And that would, that would be the end of it. You know what I'm saying? And now it's like, and you were, you were anointed, God called you to preach, and then that, that was just it. Now it's like all of these seminaries and theology schools and um, everyone has their sermon on their iPad. And my mother, you know, I'm talking about you. You know what I'm saying? Even my pastor, his sermon is on his iPad now. And, you know, the night before they got to get their sermon ready. And so how do you, how do you preach on Sunday mornings? You know, do you, is your sermon ready on like, Saturday night? Yeah. Or it, does it no. come straight uh, from the dome on Sunday morning? How, how do you preach? No, I, I actually write, I actually write mine down. Um, even though, even though when, when I do preach, there's always, you know, added stuff added in that's not on, um, my tablet, but, um, no, I have to, um, I have to write. That's just the way now my, my pastor, who is also my uncle, he, um, he could, he could stand up, read a scripture. He can preach the same way. Um, but me, I have to write, I have to write mine down. Uh, (laughs) but sometimes, sometimes. Um, I don't, I don't write just like tonight when I, when I did the Bible study tonight, I didn't write anything. It was just, uh, listening to him, God, allowing God to use me. But some nights I have to write notes. Uh, so it just, it's just, it just depends. And I could, I could look at like the older, the older generations in the church, you know, this, this modern technology to them is just kind of like, uh. You know, so uh, the first time somebody stepped in the pulpit with an iPad, it was just kind of like, what are they doing? You know, it's mm-hmm. the look on their face now is hilarious. I mean, they're used to it now because, you know, once you get um, what you've written down out of the way, of course, the Holy Spirit takes over and then you just go at it from there. But, you know, the the, the initial part of your message, you know, um, it, the teaching part, I think, you know, my mother likes to call it teaching. You know, she writes all of that down, and um, that's the teaching part of her sermon. And then, you know, once God really starts to use her, then, of course, everything is just, you know, straight, straight out of her mouth. Um, but I, I just, I thought that was, that that's very interesting. I, I didn't know if you had to write, you know, your messages out as well. Um, I want to go ahead mm-hmm. and give you the opportunity to go ahead and, uh, get all of your contact information out. We're down to the end of the show now. Get all your contact information out for those who may be listening live, for those who may come back and listen to one of the many, many, many playback shows, um, how they can get in contact with you. If they're in the Mississippi area, they want to stop by um, and uh, visit Macedonia Missionary Baptist Church in Hollywood, Mississippi. You know, if they want to catch you on Facebook, you know, doing any devotional services, um, if, you know, uh, for whatever reason, if they want to purchase your books, for whatever reason it is, they would need to get in contact with Ms. Lakeisha Johnson. The floor is now yours to get all of your contact information out. Um, they can, most of my social media handles are the same. Facebook, uh, my personal page is um, 
Lakeisha Johnson, L-A-K-I-S-H-A. Uh, you may be able to find it by Facebook.com, Keisha D. Johnson. Um, I also have an author page. is uh, Facebook.com slash author Lakeisha. Uh, Instagram is uh, Keisha Johnson. Twitter is underscore Keisha Johnson. Uh, you can reach me by uh, email at authorlakeisha at gmail.com, A-U-T-H-O-R-L-A-K-I-S-H-A. Um, my devotional blog um, is Keisha's Daily Devotional, K-I-S-H-A-S, dailydevotional.com, or uh, my site, authorlakeishajohnson.com. Uh, so you can basically find me on any one of those uh, platforms. I, I have all of my uh, contact information in the back of all the books, um, and you can send me a request on, uh, on Facebook or follow me on uh, Twitter or Instagram or email me. I respond to all emails. Uh, if you have prayer requests or questions or whatever it is you may you may need, if you inbox me on social media, I respond. So um, I feel like I'm never too too far that I can't, can't respond to somebody who's reached took their time to reach out to me. So that's who I am. You can find me um, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And what you see is who I am. I don't put I don't pretend to be anybody other than who I am. So what you see is what you get. Boom, there you go. You heard her. What you see is what you get. And, and guys, she is married, so don't just slide up in her inbox. She's trying to holler at her, <laughs> right? She's a woman of God. You know, you got to you gotta tell some people that because they, they come in on the tail yes. end, so they only hear. Yes. They only hear, message me. I will respond to all messages. That's all they heard. That's, all right, guys, you know, y'all, y'all be mindful of what you say. All right? Absolutely. You are right, right back here. On Thursday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember, new time. Um, that's that's the coronavirus time, all right? 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will have um, hip-hop artist, hip-hop R&B artist, Shanice Rachel will be here. But she's talking about the new show that she has um, coming up very soon. Um, we're going to do some cross-promoting. She's going to be on this show again, and I'm going to be on her show so uh, that's 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday the 16th. Yeah? Yes. And then back on Monday, make sure that you join Costco More for Monday Motivations on My Struggle is My Strength at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Indie Fire. All right? If you cannot make them all, please, please, please do not miss them all. Make sure that you are following the show on all social media platforms at Indie Fire. You guys know who I am. You know where I am. Subscribe to the website, www.indiefireradio.com. And, again, for New Music Monday submission, make sure that you click on the tab that says New Music Monday submission. Follow all the steps, and you have to upload your music, okay? It does us no good to get a name, a track name, and your location if we have no track. So you got to upload your track if you want your song in rotation. All right, guys? Until Thursday, thank you so much, Pastor Lakeisha Johnson. I look forward to doing many, many, many more things with you. You bless my soul tonight. You guys, Amen. Thank you. Have a good night. You are so very welcome. <laughs>